Hello and welcome back to Sakamichi Nights. My name is Matthew Boynton and I am sitting here with Daniel Bellamy in the Sakamichi Brewing Tap Room in Tachikawa, Tokyo. It's night time and we are drinking beer. Do you know what that means? No. Really? You... I mean... This is the 34th, 35th episode. I often drink beer at night time and it generally doesn't signify anything. With me while sitting in front of a microphone. Oh, right. And this like crushing sense of existential dread. Well, that's a nightly thing. Right. That's what I was saying. There's nothing to differentiate this at all. Uh, But you're here. So welcome back to Sakamichi Nights. Sakamichi Nights. We're here with your crushing sense of existential dread uh, again this week. (laughs) Thank you for, for joining us. Um, what do we do? What, what is this podcast? What is it? What's it all about? Well, uh, if I've learned anything from you over the years we've known each other, this is a, a show where we review beer. I see. The shoe is very much <laughs> on the other pint glass tonight. This is not a review show. What? I've gone back and listened to some old episodes, and we used to open the episodes by sort of introducing ourselves and explaining the concept of the show. Mm. Uh, and I think that's good because we might have some new listeners, some people who aren't familiar. Right? Okay. With, they, uh, they won't understand this this inside joke. It's going to be incomprehensible to mm. them. This is not a review show. Um, every week, we pick one or two beers from our menu. We drink them and we talk about them a little bit. Isn't that right? That's correct. Um, but frequently, we begin the show with some hilarious anecdotes mm. from our week. Do you have any hilarious anecdotes from your week? I, I, you know, in general, my anecdotes fall into the uh, non-hilarious category. But Oh, uh, I'll be the judge of that. I, they are non-hilarious. <laughs> You're correct. Today, when I came through Tachikawa Station, there was a man who uh, did not appear to be inebriated. Uh, but he had been stopped by the police, and they were uh, kind of very thoroughly going through the contents of his pockets. Interesting. And I was just like, "What? What has happened here?" Even mm. even even if someone is obviously drunk, generally the police response is, "You know, you're drunk. Let's make sure you don't hurt yourself. Make sure you get home. Put you somewhere. Yeah, to get you home or get you out of harm's way or whatever. They they might not be super happy about it. But uh, so I couldn't figure out why this just this guy it was just two police so it wasn't a huge response but they were very much you know he was being detained a young man uh middle-aged dude mid-30s maybe early 40s interesting yeah fully everything out of his pockets they were by some of the lockers in tachikawa station they had all the stuff up on the pockets they were like looking in his uh pack of cigarettes and stuff like that was there anybody else there no two cops and the one dude interesting i once saw a young man in a car here in Tachikawa, get swarmed by a whole bunch mm. of coppers. Uh, and I think, from what I could hear them shouting, like one of them said they had smelled uh, drugs, mm-hmm. smelled marijuana coming from the car. Okay. Uh, and they were banging on the windows and very insistent that he roll them down mm. to, I guess, to share the marijuana with them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they seemed very yeah. keen that he yeah. was to share it with them. They've heard so much about it. Um, so I didn't hang around to see what became of him, but... That's the only thing I can think of, that maybe they thought he was carrying drugs or contraband of some kind. That might be why they were searching him so thoroughly. That was my thought, but I, but number one, how would they know? And number two, I, I would think that there would be a lot more police. It, police generally seem to want to go out to these kinds of things. I don't right, know how yeah. much of their time is spent giving directions uh, and and filling out forms about lost items. So... In general, it seems like when, when there's some action, uh, the police come in force. There have been, this is rather unfortunate, 
news, but there have been a few different attacks on trains recently. Oh, so I wonder yeah, if a... the police are just stepping up their random, random-ish stop and searches right. to people on trains yeah. to kind of discourage that kind of thing. You might be right, actually. That's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting There's been point. a recent rash of those, hasn't mm. there? Well, a, a hilarious anecdote. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. It's really lightened the mood of this episode. Hey, man, if nothing else, I bring the crushing sense of ex- existential dread. Have you ever been stopped by the police here in Japan? Uh, yeah, I have on occasion. Not not frequently, but once or twice. How is your, have your interactions with them been friendly? Yeah, fine, for the most part. Once I was riding uh, a bicycle uh, that I used to own, which was a fixed gear, and I bought it from a company that doesn't, uh, they, they don't do a paint job on their bikes. They, they just clear coat the steel welded frame. I think it looks awesome. Um, but I, I also, in order to make it look uh, even more nondescript or I thought even cooler, I asked the company when I ordered it not to put any like decals or logo labels on it. Right. And they obliged. They sent them to me, but uh, separate from the frame. So I had this like completely unmarked frame and, you know, like maybe your bikes as well. It was not registered in Japan either. Uh, And this was that kind of stop where they wanted to check the registration of the bike. Some kind of gray market bicycle. Look like I had stripped it down. and Yeah, Yeah, you've taken everything off with an angle grinder. Yeah. Frequently, if I'm riding my bicycle, I'm also wearing sort of a helmet and cycle shoes and cycle specific clothing. So I think it's pretty obvious that I'm there to ride a bicycle. I'm not. Bicycle thieves don't tend to go out in full lycra, in my experience. Yeah, unless they're smart about it. Right. No, no, this is my bicycle. Yeah, obviously. These shoes fit right into these pedals. Um, I got stopped by the, the police once on the way home from here, mm-hmm. actually. I was riding my Mama Cherry for a change. I don't remember why. Maybe it was raining quite hard that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, two coppers stopped me. And I wanted to see my ID. So I gave them both uh, shop cards here and told them we were open every day from 12. Oh, good work. They like a beer. Yeah. Come by. Mm. ABC. Always be crushing session IPAs on the veranda. Mm. Yeah. That's what I told them. That's what they say. We're not here to discuss the Japanese constabulary, though. Are we? We're here to to celebrate beer. Mm. Uh, what is the beer that we're going to celebrate this week? Uh, we are celebrating Stoutello from Knee Deep Brewing. Right. Interesting brewery. What is the story behind Knee Deep? Uh, my understanding is it was founded by uh, the... Jeffrey? Jeffrey Jeremy. Jeremy. His full name. Jeffrey uh, Jeremy. He was a, a celebrated home brewer to the point where he was winning home brewing contests and people were kind of coming to him and saying, please apply your trade for money. Um, and so they ended up, uh, he and some investors, I guess, started Knee Deep Brewing. He ended up leaving Knee Deep and going on to found uh, Revision, which is another great brewery. But um, yeah, Knee Deep makes some great beers. We've had them in uh, cans and and, uh, and kegs and all kinds of stuff. And hey, I don't, everything we've had has been great from them. Really enjoyed everything we've had in from Knee Deep. A lot of the stuff they do is quite hop forward, mm. but that's not what kind of beer this is. What is the Stoutello? It is a chocolate hazelnut milk stout. Right. So it's going to be dark and slightly sweet. Yeah, I'm guessing. Sure. Enough faffing. Why don't we try the beer? Mm.
So we have two glasses of inky blackness in front of us. What's your first impression of the Stoutello? Uh, I, it's, it's quite a bit lighter than the Founders Porter that we did last time, two episodes ago. We noted that that was, that was black, black right. through and through. Um, this one comes across a little bit of uh, like very dark ruby color if you hold it up to the light. Uh, definitely kind of brown, again, stained dark wood type color. I think with this one, uh, you know, if you're going to call that a chocolate hazelnut stout, you need to deliver on those points. You're going to put that right out there. Uh, in the in the aroma for this, I get a lot of the hazelnut, almost all hazelnut. Huge hazelnut sure. in the aroma. Uh, but then when you drink it, you kind of get everything else coming through. And there's a lot of uh, nice kind of roasty malt character holding it together, but you do get a lot of the chocolate flavor as well. Uh, I find this... To be very, very drinkable. It's only 6%. So uh, despite having a lot going on and a little bit of sweetness, it's something that you can sip quite comfortably and uh, maybe have a second one of if you so chose. Yeah, you might imagine that something with that many words in its description is going to be a real meal of a a glass. Mm. But it's not. You're right. It is quite drinkable. Huge hazelnut aroma. But then I get some dark, roasty, almost coffee-like roasted malt flavor um, from it. And yeah, a little bit of chocolate as well. Very, very drinkable. And a little bit of of sweetness. So there's kind of the the roasty bitterness from the malt, but then a little bit of sweetness from the lactose I get, Mm. which is why it's called the milk stout. So as you know, the uh, the yeast can't uh, eat the lactose. Mm-hmm. So that makes it all the way through. It adds a lot of body to the beer and a little bit of sweetness mm. as well, which helps to balance out the bitter chocolate and the bitter malt flavors. I do always find, though, that the lactose, for me, comes across more creamy than sweet. I think sometimes when people hear that there's there's milk sugar in it or, or it's a milk stout or something that has lactose in it, uh, that people think it's going to be really sweet. And a lot of times I feel like it, it rounds out the mouthfeel mm-hmm. and uh, adds some kind of creamy undertones to it. We had the Moon Rambler from Founders, yes, I remember which was that. an IPA with lactose. And yeah. that one uh, just came across really cre- like a creamsicle kind of uh, taste. It was really good. I don't know if this one is that creamy, but it does have quite a full mouthfeel, mm. quite full-bodied. Smoothitude. Uh, and I think the... Yeah, like I said, the bitterness of the malt and the slight sweetness from the mm. lactose balance each other out very nicely. Yeah. Top stuff. Now, every week when we drink the beer, we also try to pair it with something. Um, so let's spin the wheel of pairings again. Um, there are eight options here. They are number one, food or cuisine. Number two, TV or movies. Number three, music. Number four, video game. Number five, location. Number six, activity. Number seven, drinking companion. And number eight, wild card. That's tossed in bones. Number two, TV or movies. Hmm. All right. So you're on your beanbag. You've got your surround sound system engaged. Mm-hmm. Lava just, lamp is on. Lava lamp is on. You've just cracked open a tall can of Stoutello mm-hmm. and poured it into your drinking horn. Mm-hmm. What are you going to watch? I'm going to need a moment for this. What are you going to watch? Very sad to read 
today, yesterday, that the great Dean Stockwell passed away. One of my favorite actors growing up. I was a big fan of Quantum Leap when mm. I was growing up. Sure. Uh, where he played Al. Oh, really? I loved Quantum Leap as well. Um, so I think Quantum Leap would be a good option, but I'm going to go for something else. He was also in the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know why, as usual with these things, don't ask me any follow-up questions, but I would like to watch Battlestar Galactica reimagined 2003 whilst sitting in my beanbag chair and drinking this Stoutello. Mm. Okay. I think it's a rich, complex, and rewarding view, much like this beer. Mm. Would you uh, would you watch the entire series while drinking like a case of this? I think there are like five series of it, and they're American series also, so they're like twenty four episodes yeah. long. So I would need more than one case, mm. uh, and possibly a weekend off. Right. Um, so I'm not going to be able to come in for the rest of the week because I have and other plans. This <laughs> plan, yeah. Okay. That's my choice. Uh, yeah, Battlestar Galactica was uh, the the recent remake was great. Really good show. Uh, you know, the, the problem that I have is that when I make you go first, I actually listen to what you have to say. Classic era. Yeah, that's a real blunder, isn't it? All the time, I think. Uh, I, I think um, I've been watching a lot of sports recently. It's good sporting season. Uh, unfortunately, I have to watch all my sports in the morning because that's when they're on live. Sometimes it, in, in the wee hours of the morning. But it's great season because... Uh, You've got NBA basketball, NCAA basketball just started, and then you've got uh, yep. the NFL and, and college football as well yep. going on. You've got the Pittsburgh I mean, Penguins. Like all of those things. Those are a team. They play. Yeah, yeah hockey is also going on, so yep. you're right there. Um, so I would like, I think um, I would like to watch sports and drink this. Oftentimes watching sports, I want to drink something a bit lighter, but maybe I'm thinking about that live, right? I feel like I would like to watch rugby on TV while right. drinking this beer. Well, the Autumn Internationals are going on right now. Yeah, of course I know that. Um, England's played Tonga just last week. You could okay. have watched that match. Um, Obviously. Could have watched England run in eight tries while uh, drinking a Stoutella. Did they really? Eight it, tries? It was a bit of a blowout, yes. Wow. Um, but also Scotland defeated Australia. That would maybe be a bit more of a... That That's was a bit a, of a chess match, a surprise, that one. Hey? Yeah, it was a good match. Okay, nice. What was the score on that? Was it close? Uh, it was close. I don't remember exactly what the score was. But uh, Scotland sort of pipped Australia to it. Mm. Yeah, good choice, I think. A rugby match would go well with a Stoutella. Mm. Rich, deep, and rewarding. Much like the game of rugby. Absolutely. Mm. You took the words right out of my glass. Mm -hmm. Now, we've had some excellent listener questions this week. Thank you very much to those of you who wrote in with questions. Uh, the first one comes from Rod in Australia. Thanks for listening, Rod, and thanks for your question. He wants to know, um, not sure if this has already been asked and answered, but when you're not drinking beer, what do you drink? Thanks, blokes, for the pod. Not sure I understand when I'm not drinking beer. Well, that part confused me as well. Yes. Usually that's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Yeah, does he mean when I'm sleeping? Crack a can of Stoutella. Uh, I, I primarily drink water, coffee, and beer Okay. in my life. In that order? Uh, in that order, yeah. Like just one right after the other. But if I'm, uh, I'm drinking... But we, we had a chat about this before a little bit. If I'm, I, I drink other alcohols as well. I usually have a, a few bottles of wine in the house uh, to choose from when when the mood strikes we have 
tequila. We talked about we make palomas at home. Mm. Uh, Paloma is a nice cocktail. Yeah, you know. Do you favor the dabble. new world wine or the old world wine? Uh, primarily, I buy South American wine. Right. But uh, the I, reasonable world wine. I wouldn't say that I am uh, super educated on it. I know that there's good wine being made all over the place, but I have a couple that I that I know and like and are in a price point that I appreciate. So yeah, I, I think it does come down to that a lot. It's like I like the label of this one. It's the right color and it's in my price range. So that's what I tend to drink. That's mm. also what I tend to do with wine. But what about non-alcoholic drinks? Um, I drink a lot of tea, mm-hmm. as you have probably noticed. Yeah. Um, especially in the winter, I will drink two to three cups of tea every day. Mm-hmm. I do drink coffee quite a lot as well. But that's it. I don't drink any fizzy drinks at all. I never drink Coke or Sprite or 7-Up yeah. or any of your other American drinks. Mm. Do you have any other soft drinks that you drink? I other don't. Drinks? Very rarely. Uh, I am a firm believer in, in listening to your body and listening to my body, listening to your body and letting your body tell me what my body wants to drink. Uh, I think that every now and then you've noticed this as well, that when we go on bike tours, sometimes a fizzy drink is what you want. That's the rare time. Sometimes when I ride in here, especially when it's hot in the summer, for whatever reason, uh, I want something mm. uh, gaseous so i will go to 7-eleven they have like a yuzu is it yuzu and lemon soda or yuzu the 7-eleven one yeah there's a yuzu one about? that's pretty good that thing is great uh but i would maybe have two of those in a year i think i'm in the same boat yes sometimes if it's a very hot day in the saddle or if i'm extremely hungover mm. i might have a pakari sweat or maybe a coca-cola mm. or a yuzu soda or something yeah. like that but other than that, it's either water or tea or coffee for me. Do you want to know? Soft drinks. Go. Yeah. Sorry to cut, to interrupt you. No, no. Clearly, you have a very important question. Go. This is going to be great. I'm looking forward to this question. Hit it. I had a had a had a really weird thing uh, to drink, and I, and it was amazing. Um, this is a review show, so I was we out, review non beer products. I was out uh, having a cycle with a friend, and uh, we were kind of we were going up that climb uh, out of Okatama over to Kofu. Yeah. And we stopped at a vending machine and they had, uh, I guess it was it was kind of nominally an, an energy drink, but I'm not entirely sure if it was really an energy drink. It was grape flavored and it had uh, liquid inside it, but also jelly. Oh, no. And you had to, you have to shake the can to like break up the jelly to make the whole thing drinkable. Mm, and awful. it was fizzy. Oh, and it had little, uh, like, I don't know what they were, little balls, like boba tea kind of uh, tapioca type things in them that were, like, even fizzier than the drink itself. Are you sure it hadn't just gone off? Man, it was incredible. <laughs> if you described it to me and gave me a can, I'd be like, no, I, I will never touch this. But uh, as we talk about with beer, sometimes it's the right moment and the right time and the right beer and the right, right company. Was it that the drink was good or was it that you were in the middle of a long, tough climb on a hot day no it was awesome i'm looking for it now okay i'm trying to find it what's it called i have no idea okay uh apparently my friend said that he bought one he was kind of bonking on a ride and he bought one not knowing that you needed to shake it and apparently uh like 15 milliliters of liquid poured out and then the rest was just a solid mass <laughs> inside the can how do you even get it out take it up with a, his keys or something get a chopstick in there yeah 
So anyway, if you see this drink uh, on the vending machines, you need to shake it first. Uh, I think I will avoid that drink. Thank you very much. Man, it's really good. If we go for a bike ride, uh, I'm going to find it and make you drink one. You do enjoy weird drinks from time to time. Um, Tell you something I do enjoy that I almost never get to drink is a can of Bacari sweat because the canned stuff is completely flat. It's not carbonated at all. Really? It's quite interesting. Um, Wait, Bacari sweat's not carbonated? It's... I think it's kind of slightly carbonated, isn't it? No? No. Well, the canned stuff is even flatter, <laughs> even colder. It's negative. Than the, the stuff. It sucks the carbonation out of it's you. It's anti-carbonated. It's oxygenated, even. Um, but that's pretty good. Okay. Thank you, Rod in Australia, hmm. for that interesting good question. question. Yeah. Do we have anything fun coming up this week? Any new beers? Or I actually have a question. Someone sent me a question. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. For you, Breaking news. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Daniel from Ohio would like okay. to know yeah. why you hate mouse pads. Interesting question. Some suggestions have been made. Some, okay, go on. Did a mouse pad kill your father? No. Did your family get torn apart fighting over Great Graham Graham's family heirloom mouse pad from the Civil War? Uh, no, that was clearly my... The, the will was very specific. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only suggestions. Okay. Uh, I don't like the way they feel, Mm. to be honest. And I think with modern mouses Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the sort of uh, the sensors they have, you can use them on any surface. Mm. I remember, this is how old I am, I remember when mice used to have balls. (laughs) Just just ball, actually. Well, no mice, because it's the plural. When all mice had balls, uh, and you would occasionally have to, uh, to fish the balls out. And give him a little watch. Give him a clean, right? yeah. Though that kind of mouse required a mouse pad because mm. you couldn't use it on a hard surface like a dining room table or something. Mm. But modern mice, with their very sophisticated sensors, you can use them on any surface. Right. And I don't like the kind of spongy unpleasantness mm. of the mouse mat. Right. Okay. Does that answer your question? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Does, sorry. Does that answer Dan from yeah, Ohio? Yes, Daniel question? from Ohio. I don't yeah. know. Just some guy. Thanks I guess. for listening, Daniel from Ohio. Yeah, man. He's probably a cool guy. I am using a mouse mat right now, though. I know. So, Daniel, I, know I want you to know that if, uh, if you're listening at home. Sure, he appreciates it. Thank you very much for all of your questions, everyone who wrote in. Do we have anything exciting coming up this week, this weekend? Any new beers coming to the fridge? Uh, we have a, one that I am particularly hot for. A Surly beer. A Surly beer. A Surly from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, not affiliated with Surly Bicycles, also from Minnesota. Minnesota are a very surly kind of place, clearly. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're not... I mean, they talk about Minnesota nice, right? Like, they're, they're supposed to be very nice people up there. Isn't that ironic, though? Because they're all so surly hmm. and unpleasant to be around. Maybe, maybe. Uh, anyway... It's like uh, calling somebody Little John when they're big. When they're actually very tall. Yeah. There was a, a like, a, an F-list celebrity uh, in northeastern Ohio named Little John. It was Big Chuck and Little John. But it wasn't ironic because, actually, if I recall correctly, Little John was uh, very short. Right. Big Chuck was huge. Uh, anyway, we're off track. We're getting in. Tell uh, me about the from beer. Surly. It is their. It's called. Uh, is it called the Darkness? I believe it's their barrel aged imperial darkness. stout. Yeah. Right. Uh, it sounds great. It's a big beer. It's going to be in big seven hundred fifty mil bottles. It's exciting to get beers like this in, uh, especially around about this time of year when people are considering Christmas presents mm. or even 
birthday presents for people whose whose birthday it is around about this time of year. If you know anybody, whose sure. Birthday it is around about this time of year. Can't think of anyone. No. No. No names spring to mind. <laughs> Maybe Daniel from Ohio. Maybe we should uh, we is. should ask him. Uh, yeah, it's also uh, you know that size bottle and that big of a beer is a great beer for sharing as well. And and we're getting into hopefully a season uh, in which people will be getting together. Christmas is the giving season, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, we do also have um, a beer in the tank down at Idrisil, mm-hmm. fermenting away at the moment. So I was down there when last Friday mm. doing some brewing. Um, you might have seen a picture of me zesting some oranges. For those who know, that's a pretty clear hint about what beer it might be. It's on the way. Uh, and also Idrisil's Instagram posts where they very clearly spelled out exactly what beer we were making <laughs> might be a, a little subtle hint about what beer you can expect um, coming up. Uh, maybe shortly before Christmas. It's a Christmas seasonal beer for us. Mm. Exciting though. Yeah, looking forward to that. That's about all we have time for this week. Thank you very much for listening again. Thank you for being here with me, Daniel Bellamy. Mm. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who wrote in with questions. Uh, and thank you to Casey and Ishikawa and the Bean Pod. Um, he referred to us as his podcast nemeses the other day. Oh. So is there a positive meaning to, to nemeses that it's, I. It's a little bit Don Draper mean, isn't it? You know, I, sometimes I think of you and I think you're my nemesis. Well, we never think about you I don't at think all. about you at all. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks very much for listening, Casey. I, I promise to check out your podcast one of these days. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> thanks very much for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>